here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Oh, man, oh, man, Ashevich, you won't want to miss this hour. No way, Jose. By the way, there's a website called Media. You ever hear this website, Media? The vast majority of you have not. I link to it from time to time. They have pretty good clips of cable. They basically plagiarize that stuff, slap it on their website, and typically give liberal commentary 80% of the time. One guy in particular by the name of Ken Meyer, you ought to go look at it. It looks like Flounder. Remember the movie? Remember Flounder in the movies, Mr. Producer? The guy looks like Flounder, a moron. But I'll get to him and others later. Twelve former top intelligence officials criticized Trump for pulling security clearance. Do you see that in Politico and elsewhere in our free press media? That means, I guess, the president shouldn't have pulled Brennan's security clearance. Because not is it unconstitutional, according to some, including at National Review. No, 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 no. It's political. And the president of the United States, he can't do things like that. Pretty incredible, isn't it? And by the way, if you defend the pulling of John Brennan's security clearance, you must be a sellout to conservatism. Did you know this, too? I'll get to that fool later, too. Let's read from the always objective free press that calls itself Politico. Dozen former top intelligence officials representing previous Republican and Democratic administrations issued a letter late Thursday supporting former CIA Director John Brennan and lambasting President Donald Trump's move to revoke his security clearance. It's not a move. He revoked it. The rare statement from the former officials, including former CIA directors who served under Presidents Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton, comes one day after Trump pulled Brennan's clearance and said he would evaluate clearances for other former intelligence officials, including two who signed on to the pro-Brennan statement. That move from the White House has nothing to do with who should and should not hold security clearances and everything to do with an attempt to stifle free speech the dozen ex-intelligence officials wrote in their joint letter, which is hilarious. They're all over the media. The media can't get enough of this. And they talk about stifling their free speech. You don't have to agree with what John Brennan says, and again, not all of us do, to agree with his right to say it, subject to his obligation to protect classified information. Nobody says he doesn't have a right to be an ass. He is an ass. And he, dem- he displays that, demonstrates that on, in the media. There, there's no logic, there's no connection between, and we've talked about this now, what, day three, day two? Between this claim that he's losing somehow his ability to speak freely when his security clearance is yanked. And there's a great piece in Bloomberg by Eli Lake I'll get to. It says Trump's not even trying to silence Brennan. He's trying to hold him up as an example. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a question for you. These 12 former CIA directors, Republican, Democrat administrations. Tell me, did they all sign a letter 
when the Obama administration was unmasking American citizens? When Susan Rice and Samantha Power and others were unmasking American citizens, including Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, and unmasking American citizens at a pace we've never seen, did they all sign a letter, a protest? Tell me, when the FISA court was misled, with an application that didn't reveal the financial source and the purpose of the Russia Steel Clinton DNC dossier. Did these 12 intelligence officials, did they sign a letter of protest? It is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, after all. When John Brennan called the President of the United States treasonous, And, of course, the conviction for treason results in capital punishment. Did these 12 former intelligence officials sign a letter in protest? How about when Comey lied and leaked? Or when McCabe lied and leaked and now is under criminal investigation? How about Stroke lied and leaked? Did they sign a letter of protest? How about the treatment, speaking of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, where Stroke went back a second time and set up General Flynn, who was involved in intelligence activities when he was active duty. Did these 12 former intelligence officials sign a letter in protest? No, they didn't. And you know when else they failed to sign a letter of protest? I will play it again. Because it hasn't been played on any major cable show that I'm aware of. Senator Dianne Feinstein, March 11, 2014, marches to the floor of the United States Senate. She is at that time the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And the CIA, under John Brennan, the CIA under John Brennan spied on the Senate Committee and broke into their computers. Did these 12 former intelligence officials sign a letter in protest about the CIA's conduct and Mr. Brennan and how outrageous that is? No, they didn't. But here's what took place one more time. Cut three, Mr. Producer, go. Without prior notification or approval, CIA personnel had conducted a search, that was John Brennan's word, of the committee computers at the off-site facility. This search involved not only a search of documents provided by the committee, by the CIA, but also a search of the standalone and walled-off committee network drive containing the committee's own internal work product and communications. Based on what Director Brennan has informed us, I have grave concerns that the CIA's search may well have violated the separation of powers principles embodied in the United States. Stop. Did we get a letter? A protest? From 12 former CIA directors serving Reagan, Bush, Clinton, and others. Did we get a letter of protest? Absolute silence. Even with their security clearances, they said nothing about what took place 
when John Brennan was running the CIA. And by the way, when you read more about this, he lied repeatedly about what the CIA did. And finally, when his fingerprints were all over it, he had to confess. And he did so very, very reluctantly. Go ahead. Our staff involved in this matter have the appropriate clearances. Handled this sensitive material according to established procedures and practice to protect classified information. And were provided access to the Panetta review by the CIA itself. As a result, there is no legitimate reason to allege to the Justice Department that Senate staff may have committed a crime. I view the acting consul general's referral as a potential effort to intimidate this staff, and I am not taking it lightly. Violation of separation of powers principles, she says. Attempt to intimidate the Senate Intelligence Committee staff. Search the Senate Intelligence Committee computers, including files having to deal with the committee's oversight of the CIA itself. The cover-up by Brennan. Eventually, he had to confess. No letter of protest from 12 intelligence officials who served Republicans and Democrats. But it gets worse. And let me tie it into this business a little bit. There are individuals in radio and TV... Try as they might, they cannot draw attention to themselves. Try as they might, they cannot succeed. Try as they might, you, the American people, the vast audience that I have and others have, have no interest in these people. So what do they do? They sell their souls and they sell out their principles. One example, in my opinion is a very thuggish, moronic guy by the name of Joe Walsh. Now, he barely has a radio show. He was a congressman for two years, one term. Then he was thrown out. He does an interview with Salon Magazine. As leftist as it goes. They lay out his background with his ex-wife, and the, 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 I, don't, I don't even want to get into all of it. It's all out there for the world to read. Here's a guy who claims that I, who went on Hannity, and insisted that it was right to take the clearance away from Brennan, then therefore I am selling out a sycophant to Trump. Because Joe Walsh doesn't have a problem with anything I just laid out for you. None. Brennan's perfectly fine, running around on TV like a maniac. Like no former CIA director since the history of the CIA. And he's not the only one from the Obama administration. He's not the only one. And Joe Walsh has no problem with it. Because he's trashing Trump every day. And if you don't trash Trump, you see, you must not be a conservative. Joe Walsh is, of course. But if you serve the Reagan administration, 
you talk about conservatism, even if you disagree with the president, as I do on many of the trade issues and some of the other issues, the fact that you acknowledge that in so many areas this president has been conservative, has been successful where other presidents haven't been, and he deserves our defense when he's under attack. Not in all cases, but when the Constitution is at issue, when separation of powers is at issue, when people are trying to reverse the course of an election, when an entire party, the day after he's elected, seeks to remove him. Yes, it's important to speak out. But Walsh and his dwindling audience and his dwindling affiliates, like Charlie Sykes before him, like John Ziegler before him, and so many losers who cannot make it in the market of broadcasting, well, they jump ship. So now he attacks Trump, attacks me, attacks Hannity, because he's a clown. Now, typically what people will say is, you know, you're, you're, you shouldn't reach down and drag up people like this. Why not? He's a foil. He's an example. He's illustrative. He's illustrative. Joe Walsh hasn't done a damn thing for conservatism. Nothing effective. Nothing. We have a president of the United States who I disagree with on some issues, but I agree with on most issues. He's trying to bring back the judiciary and make it constitutional once again. He's trying to secure the border and uphold our immigration laws once again. He's trying to build up the United States military after it was eviscerated by Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. He supports law enforcement that was demoralized and dispirited under Barack Obama, Eric Holder, and Loretta Lynch. He calls out the unconscionable activities that have taken place at the FBI, at the senior levels. They don't even exist anymore. Fired or resigned or under investigation, as well as our intelligence community. And he calls them as he sees them. Whether you like the way he does it or not, he calls them as he sees them. Just like this clown, Joe Walsh. But Walsh has decided there's only one way to breathe life back into his career. To join the Nicole Wallaces and the Joe Scarboroughs and the other rhinos and losers who pretend to be conservatives. John Brennan may have served six presidents, but six presidents didn't necessarily know who John Brennan was except for Obama. He was a careerist. And as it turns out, he was a disaster. He did nothing effective to stop the Russian interference in our election. Nothing. Proof is in the pudding. And he has spent his every waking hour since the Trump election trying to sabotage his presidency as a former CIA director. No rational republic, no rational government would allow such a man, such a poison pill in our politics, to continue the custom of having a security clearance when he gives aid and comfort to the enemy with his attacks not because he disagrees with the president, not even because he aggressively disagrees with the president. Because he uses his former position as a CIA director to accuse the president of treason. 
of treason. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Senator Bob Corcoran. What the hell have they done for the country? What conservative principles have they advanced? They even taken on their leadership, Mitch McConnell, who is a disaster. Corker greased the skids for the Iran deal. Jeff Flake was blocking circuit court nominees. I don't know what the hell Ben Sass does. What have they done exactly to make a difference in this country? Nothing. But they figured out, if you want to be interviewed by Salon, or if you want Flounder, Ken Mayer, to get your attention, you can tweet over there at Mediaite. Or if you want to get a little pat on the head by the left, you know what to do. You attack the president. Not disagree with him, even aggressively, but attack him. And attack other people. This is what they do. And that's really hard to do, isn't it, in this environment, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, yeah, really hard to do. It's a conga line of these frauds and fakes and cowards. Go ahead and disagree with the president. That's one thing. But that's not what you're doing. You're joining the mob. That's another thing. I'll be right back. Than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877 381 3811. Now, when he had his security clearance and was the director of the CIA, there are serious questions about what John Brennan did and did not do. Special ops shoot down Brennan and his defenders. You put politics before us. This is Fox News, Brooke Singman. John Brennan rallied numerous high-powered defenders to his corner over his security clearance clash with President Trump. would be interesting to know how all of a sudden this letter appeared and they're all defending Brennan. You think Brennan had a hand in that? But some well-known special ops heroes are firing back, suggesting the former CIA director got what he deserves. Chris Tonto Peranto, a former Army Ranger and private security contractor who was part of the CIA team, that fought back during the 2012 Benghazi terror attack, accused Brennan of putting his politics before those in the field. What do you say about that, you clown Joe Walsh? He's lucky. The security clearance is all he's getting away with, Peranto told Fox News in an interview on Friday, responding a day earlier to Brennan's tweet that his principles are worth far more than clearances. Peranto also tweeted, quote, my principles are greater than clearances, too, John, especially when you and the CIA Kool-Aid drinkers punished us for not going along with the Benghazi cover-up story in order to protect you, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama's failures. You put your politics before us. Peranto helped write the book 13 Hours, later turned into a feature film, and I saw a great film, about the Benghazi attack. He has said he and his team lost their security clearances for speaking out. Hey, did these intelligence officials, all 12 of them, write a letter? Were the media all concerned about the First Amendment? How about the ACLU and Professor Dershowitz? How about our friends at National Review? Were they all writing concerned 
that all those involved in exposing what took place in Benghazi lost their security clearances? No. Where is the punk Walsh? Where he always is. Nowhere. Security operators, including Peranto, previously had to sign non-disclosure agreements. Peranto told Fox News he signed three pertaining to Benghazi within a six-month period. Though Brennan told lawmakers in 2014 this was not a specific effort to prevent them from speaking to Congress. Oh. Peranto maintains, however, that he didn't share classified information in telling the Benghazi story and continues to object to their clearances being revoked. Brennan revoked their clearances. You got that, MSLSD? You got that, Constipated News Network? What a bunch of clowns. Normally, when you have a clearance suspended, you're supposed to know why. I was never given that, he said, blaming Brennan. It was his determination whether we kept our clearances or not. He also took exception at how the Benghazi team was treated upon their return. We come back from being on the ground to be treated as a second-class citizen. You come back and you're called a liar, Peranto told Fox News. Brennan came in and there was no talk of, hey, good job, guys. Not that you look for it, but instead it was, don't say anything, guys, and we don't want the truth to get out. Oh. Free speech and all. Peranto continued his attack against Brennan on Twitter Thursday night, firing a round of accusations against the former CIA director. Quote, or caught lying to Congress, or caught spying on presidential candidates, or caught using their positions to influence U.S. elections, or caught fabricating stories about attacks on U.S. personnel in Libya, or providing weapons to ISIS-backed militias in Syria. Should I go on, John Brennan? Writes Peranto. Meanwhile, numerous leaders from the intelligence community defended Brennan, calling President Trump's decision to revoke his security clearance ill-considered and unprecedented. Well, then, there you have it. There you have it. Unbelievable, isn't it? So this piece I was talking about by Eli Lake over at Bloomberg. Trump's not trying to silence Brennan. The president's strategy is the opposite, to make the former CIA director more prominent and use him as a foil. President Trump's decision to revoke the security Uh, clearance of former CIA director John Brennan is, according to conventional wisdom, an effort to silence his critics. This is what Brennan himself is saying, so forth. As is so often the case, however, the conventional wisdom is far from trying to silence Brennan. Trump is elevating him, wants to make Brennan the face of the so-called resistance, part of the Trump playbook. Why do you think he keeps tweeting about Maxine Waters? He's a man who approaches politics like a professional wrestler, happy to play the villain if it energizes his base. Brennan is the perfect adversary. Now let's take this one step further, shall we? Exactly how can Trump stop Brennan from speaking? If this violates his First Amendment right, which is so ludicrous and stupid, but how does it stop him from speaking? How is he going to stop any of these people from speaking? And why is it that with a modicum of research, minimal amount of research, you can hear this Feinstein speech on the Senate floor attacking Brennan and the CIA for spying on the Senate Intelligence Committee, 
And it's as if it never happened. Is that not a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. So why do people who trash the president, why do these 12 former intelligence officials, why do would-be radio hosts, why do they ignore it all? And beat their chests about how they're the true conservatives. They're the true patriots, don't you know? When in fact, that's not the case. These are very, very unusual times. Not because of Trump, but because what was done during the course of the campaign, after the campaign, and after the president was sworn in. There's a reason why Comey's gone, among other things, on the recommendation of the now Deputy Attorney General of the United States. There's a reason why the Deputy Director of the FBI, McCabe, is gone. Very political man. His wife ran for the state Senate, heavily backed over half a million dollars from a Clinton friend, the then governor of Virginia, McAuliffe. Turns out he lied to the Office of Professional Responsibility. He lied to the Inspector General. He's now under criminal investigation. That's the number two of the FBI. Peter Stroke, one of the top counterintelligence investigators in the FBI, closed down the Hillary investigation, set up Mike Flynn, pushed the Russia investigation, pushed the dossier, worked with another government official and the Deputy Attorney General staff, We have a FISA warrant that was based on a defective application where information was kept from a judge, relevant material information. We have record unmasking of American citizens by our intelligence agencies, names leaked to the media. And Trump is supposed to sit back and say, oh, I'm glad everyone had their security clearances and all these Obama guys, now they're out, they get to keep their security clearances or so forth and so on. And Trump is the dictator, you see. And Trump is acting in an unprecedented fashion. And there's something wrong with Trump. And I, I just wish he would, he would keep his mouth shut, even when he explains it. He doesn't explain it correctly. All these clowns who've achieved nothing who never wanted the man to be elected president of the United States. Admiral William McRaven is a Democrat. He says, okay, Trump, why don't you revoke my security clearance? Now, why would he do that? To undermine the president, that's why. He would never have done that to Obama. He served under Obama at the highest level. But what McCraven doesn't understand, and all the rest of these guys don't understand, is nobody cares what they have to say. Nobody cares if 12 of them sign a letter. Nobody cares. It is important and as brave, as courageous as many of these men may have been. Nobody even knows who they are. But the American people, at least many, can figure this out for themselves, despite the daily drumbeat of the media. Everything Trump does is outrageous. Everything Trump does is dictatorial. Everything Trump does is racist. You know, you can cry wolf where the sky is falling so many times. And then when it doesn't happen, you got to start to wonder. And now we learn, thanks to Tonto, of Benghazi fame, great hero, that Brennan pulled his security clearance. 
and the security clearance of others and insisted that they not speak and made them sign non-disclosure agreements. This is now in the press. He did an interview with Fox. You haven't heard this on MSNBC. You haven't heard it on CNN. Some of the pseudo-conservative hosts on radio and TV censoring the news. The fact that the CIA under Brennan spied on the Senate Intelligence Committee and Brennan for the longest time lied about it over and over again in private and in public and then eventually had to admit it. Threatening separation of powers. Threatening staffers on the Senate Intelligence Committee. No big deal. The fact that the CIA director who is supposed to be separate and apart from domestic activities, let alone domestic politics, was pushing this Russian dossier funded by Hillary Clinton and the DNC, which he had to know, pushing it on Harry Reid and others to push it into the FBI. No problem. Now he's on TV calling the president of the United States name after name after name. But the one that gets me is calling the president treasonous. Now, I can call a president treasonous. You can call a president treasonous. This is a former CIA director with a security clearance. And you know what? I heard one of the rhinos on TV and one of the group shows say, you know, even though the president has this constitutional power, everybody's power is limited. And I thought to myself, really? How about Brennan's? Is his power limited? Does he get to have a security clearance for the rest of his life? no matter what an ass he is, no matter what he says, no matter his conduct? What about that power? At least Trump was elected. Brennan has been appointed throughout his life, has worked his way up the bureaucratic ladder. Nobody's stifling free speech. Nobody is stifling freedom of the press. The only thing that's being stifled is the Second Amendment. And the same people who attack right now Love the fact that the Second Amendment's being stifled. Or that separation of powers is under attack by Robert Mueller. It's okay, what's the big deal? Or that they refuse to enforce the immigration laws. Yeah, that's right, big deal. Nullification. Secession even. Or socialism over capitalism. No, the outrage you see is those of us who believe in the customs, traditions, principles of our founding. Those of us who believe there should be consequences for a former, former senior bureaucrat who takes a privilege with him when he leaves office and then does everything he can not to criticize a president, but to sabotage and destroy a president and a presidency under the cover of his former position. We can wave around his security clearance like that gives him some kind of a badge. Of course, his security clearance should be pulled. And what about Comey, a liar who absconded with uh, federal government documents? He should retain his security clearance. What about McCabe under criminal investigation? He should retain his security clearance. What about Stroke, who was just fired? He should retain his security clearance and on down the list. Why? Because Obama appointed them? Or they worked for Obama? Or they tried to interfere with our election? They should retain their security clearances. It's a privilege. It's not a constitutional right. It's not a statutory right. It's not a regulatory right. There is no vested right. And it has nothing to do with free speech. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It is amazing, isn't it, that... uh, 
press are out of control. They act like a gaggle, a mob, groupthink, an aggregate ideology. And when you challenge them, when you point these things out, quietly and loudly, they claim you're attacking freedom of the press. Not them individually, not their specific news organizations. No, you're attacking freedom of the press. When John Brennan, who is utterly and completely irresponsible and has abused his privilege, is addressed by the President of the United States, and then you're attacking freedom of speech. Really? Oh, yes. See, they won't stand on their own two feet and duke it out on the merits, on the substance. Instead, they wave around the Constitution that does not even apply. It's like those, those football players who kneel. They wave around a constitution that has nothing to do with what they're doing. While they trash the very country, the government of which was created by that constitution. We become a society of narcissists and egomaniacs and progressive ideologues. All one and the same, overlap. You know, I enjoy helping you, my listeners, like Nathaniel, who owed the IRS tens of thousands of dollars in back taxes. Told the IRS he didn't have the money to pay, but it didn't matter. They put a lien on his home anyway. Nathaniel heard how much I respect Optima Tax Relief, so he engaged them. Optima got the IRS to designate Nathaniel's case as CNC status, currently not collectible. That's a big win, because it basically says no use pursuing our client. There's nothing to be gained here. Optima kept fighting on Nathaniel's behalf until the IRS agreed to a deal that saved him thousands and resolved his tax debt for good. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. They've solved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for clients. Now, if you owe back taxes to the IRS, call my friends at Optima Tax Relief, 800 800- Four nine nine sixty three hundred eight hundred four nine nine sixty three hundred. That's eight hundred four nine nine sixty three hundred. Let's slip in a call or two because we have some excellent callers. Mike Washington D.C. The great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. How are you tonight? Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Just want to say this is the first time I've ever spoken uh, on the talk program. All right. And, and God bless you, sir. You are the best cleanup hitter in the business. Thank you. So the point I want to make, I'm going to try to be as succinct as possible, is Mr. Brennan's, this is not a First Amendment issue, as you've so well articulated. It's a violation of trust. Mr. Brennan was offered the high, highest security clearances possible. And with that comes the duty that he assigned to say he would never disclose this information. Well, in a sideways kind of way, while he was being courted by the left side media, he offered commentary based on this privileged information, which is a violation. Well, we don't, we don't know if he did that or not. I want to thank you for your call. We don't know if he did that or not. But it is interesting when he wrote his op-ed piece in the New York Times the other day, uh, which really contained no substance whatsoever, just more the mealy mouth stuff, which he pasted together, strung together, to say that, in fact, uh, the Trump campaign and certain members colluded with Russia, providing no information whatsoever 
that finally Richard Burr, the Senate Intelligence Committee chairman, woke up, put out a press release and said, you know what, Mr. Brennan, if you had information or have information that ties the Trump campaign to collusion with the Russians, you didn't provide it to us. Why didn't you provide it to us in 2016? Why didn't you provide it to us when you were the CIA director? In fact, I would argue, why don't you provide it now? He doesn't have a damn thing. This is why his security clearance has been yanked. Pushing a Russian dossier for all intents and purposes. I mean, you talk about collusion with Russia? It's John Brennan as far as I'm concerned. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, the Sunday shows... The so-called Sunday news shows, if you want to keep your sanity, don't watch them. We'll have clips we may or may not use next week. Because it's, it's all predictable. I'll tell you what they are now. They'll bring in an admiral this, a general that, a former this, and a former that. Uh, and these guests, for the most part, are chosen for the purpose of singing as the host orchestrates. So they'll tell you how the President of the United States is out of control, what he did is unprecedented, or if he's going to yank a security clearance, don't talk about Russia or politics, just talk about cause and so forth and so on. They insist that the President do as they wish he would do. And the President just take it. And he's not required to do it. You know, in this regard, it's very interesting to me. The president is not expanding the powers of the presidency in any respect. He's exercising the powers that he has. For instance, unlike Obama, he didn't by fiat create an entire new immigration program called DACA with all the left-wing kook judges, and some of them even aren't left-wing, upholding DACA and the, those who benefit from it as a right. When it came to Immigration and refugees, when he first came into office, the president essentially did what Obama did. But the Obama judges, having been form shopped by left-wing DAs and others, went against Trump. The effort to withhold federal funding from sanctuary cities and sanctuary states is a normal course, unfortunately. The federal government does this all the time to enforce environmental laws and other laws they want to impose on the states in order to control the states. Yet when it comes to this president and his Department of Justice doing the same to prevent the conduct of these sanctuary cities and the withholding of information from federal immigration officials, the courts rule they can't do it. Barack Obama can, through a, a bureaucratic fiat, impose unbelievable uh, mileage standards on, on, on uh, vehicles, which are impossible to meet for the most part. And then when the president comes in, this president, and says, no, I'm canceling them, we actually have a court that says, no, you're not allowed to. 
I can't think of a single area where this president has actually conducted himself outside the bounds of the Constitution. Can you think of any? Yanking a security clearance? He clearly has that power. Defending the office of the presidency against a rogue prosecutor? He clearly has that power. What exactly has he done that's unconstitutional, that violates the the norms of the Constitution and the interpretation? What exactly has he done? Now, what he has done that upsets the left is he's used his legitimate powers to push back, to reverse course. If the bureaucracy is going to impose a regulation, the president says, okay, I'm withdrawing it. They report to me. The law on immigration is that I get to secure the border. I'm going to secure it. I get to nominate judges. I'm nominating textualists and originalists to the Supreme Court, to the appellate courts, to the district courts, because these are people who are supposed to interpret and follow the Constitution, not move it to the right, not move it to the left, just follow it as best as they can. So in other words, Trump, for the most part, is an enigma because he's actually trying to do what he said he would do when he ran for office. There's some exceptions because he's not a dictator, because he has to deal in the milieu of the, of the backbiting rhinos and the, uh, and, the, and the assault by the Democrats and the so-called press, free press, which has as their apparent motive to destroy him. And so from time to time, he has to bob and weave. Nobody's demanding that you agree with Donald Trump all the time. Nobody's demanding that you agree with any politician all the time. Nobody's demanding that you agree with any public official all the time. Nobody's demanding you agree with your spouse all the time or your boyfriend or your girlfriend all the time. But what we cannot tolerate, what I won't tolerate, is an obvious cabal of progressive ideologues and the flunkies pseudo-conservatives and Republicans who have as their goal to remove this president. He hasn't done anything that should result in his removal. It's not enough to debate these issues either. This is a battle over the future of the country. It's bigger than Trump. This is a battle over the future of the country over whether or not people like us get to win elections anymore, or they're going to be reversed. Are you going to sick prosecutors on people? Are you going to impeach people? This is truly a battle over freedom of the press. What does that mean? That 90% of those who claim to be reporters and hosts and so forth must be progressive, otherwise you're attacking freedom of the press? You can't push back? Freedom of speech. Freedom of association. There's a baker on the West Coast who's constantly under attack. Not the West Coast, the Midwest, Colorado. He wins the Supreme Court decision. The state king continues to attack him. Nobody talks about, you don't have 12 intelligence officials writing a letter in protest saying he has freedom of association, freedom of speech, civil right. No, no, not a word. Nothing. Nothing. The Manafort case, there's really nothing to report. 
I love the way the media writes, the trial will stretch into next week. The jurors have been deliberating for two days. Two days. They're trying to figure out what to do. They've been given telephone books. Not actual telephone books, but telephone book sizes, uh, 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 size of documents to review. Very complicated matter. And I believe what these jurors are going to find is that these are complicated matters. It's not as simple as the prosecution said. We'll see. I don't know. But it's not unusual. They've, they've, only, they've only been deliberating for two days, the first day for six hours. Nobody knows what's going on there. People are predicting, but this is, you know, this is the way they gin up, uh, fill gaps and gin up time. And uh, the media, of course, wants to know the name of the jurors right now so they can then do uh, exposés on them. You know, this guy voted for Trump. Which one? That, that, that one right there. So you can't expect them to convict. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If Manafort is found not guilty on all charges, while the media will say that's a real, uh, a real setback for the prosecution, it has nothing to do with Trump. Because then they will make our point, which this trial has nothing to do with collusion in Russia. So Trump is not in the clear. If Manafort's found guilty of anything, then they will pivot and reverse course. This was his campaign manager. Now the prosecutors have a head of steam. Now they're going to even be more aggressive in dealing with Trump. See, we already know what these people are going to say and do. That's why. Why would you watch the Sunday news shows? You already know what's going to happen. By the way, there is a show you should watch on Sunday. Mine. 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Pacific. Let me tell you, it's going to be on Convention of States, Article 5. We're going to have the great retired Senator Tom Coburn. He is a terrific man. Mark Meckler, the great energetic leader of the Convention of States organization. Now, there was a bit on the Convention of States a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows on Sunday which uh, in which former Congressman Jason Chavitz and somebody else whose name I can't remember actually attacked Meckler, attacked the whole idea. They're utterly ignorant about the subject. They kept just saying, Mike Lee doesn't support it. Mike Lee doesn't support it. Well, Mike Lee is a very dear friend of mine, and he doesn't support it. And I'm working on him because I don't understand it. But that's beside the point. That's not an argument. An argument is to have some substantive knowledge about what you're talking about. We're going to spend the entire hour on this. Your Constitution, your ability to get our Constitution back, your ability to make a difference. So I really hope you'll watch because uh, it's a fascinating program and these are fascinating men. And there's, I know, millions of you who are involved in this project. And again, it's very, very important. So it's this Sunday. Brand new show. They're all brand new shows, actually. With the former Senator Tom Coburn, Mark Meckler, and of course, me. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, let me ask this question. Yeah, 
I got a guy by the name of Bruce Orr. O-H-R. You can Google his name and learn all about it. But really, nobody outside of the Department of Justice much ever knew who this man was. He was serving on the staff of the Deputy Attorney General of the United States in the Obama administration, and that bled into the Trump administration. The Deputy Attorney General was Sally Yates, a partisan. And then the deputy following her was Rod Rosenstein, an incompetent. While he was serving as the Associate Deputy Attorney General to Sally Yates, he was conspiring with his wife, Infusion GPS, which were doing the opposition research and being paid for it on the Trump campaign. The money, of course, was laundered through the law firm and laundered through Fusion GPS. They hired the foreign former spy, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele and Orr were in constant contact. So, too, was Mr. Orr and Stroke. Stroke in charge of the Hillary investigation and then in charge of the Russia investigation. It gets complicated, but it's really not. Sounds it, unless you really focus in. Now, interestingly, Mr. Steele, the former British spy, who was out to get Trump, working with the Russians, paid at some point by the FBI, a leaker to the media, was also a special pleader, apparently representing a Russian oligarch. Now, there's an irony, isn't it? And the stroke is working with Bruce Orr, the Associate Deputy of the Attorney General of the United States. Christopher Steele is working with Bruce Orr. So information comes in from Christopher Steele and his wife, I guess, using GPS, to this Justice Department official who's trying to push it into the FBI, including apparently, reportedly, to Mr. Stroke. To influence the outcome of the election. So I would ask these 12 former intelligence officials, what do you think of that? President has made it abundantly clear he's going to yank Bruce or security clearance. Do we get another letter from you guys stating that that's a good idea? I have another question. The president's going to yank his security clearance. You understand that his boss has the power, his direct boss, Orr's direct boss has the power to yank his security clearance. That would be the ultimately the attorney general of the United States who is doing nothing on this. They also have the power to fire him. I find it interesting. Again, I hear these news guys on our favorite cable channel and elsewhere saying, you know, the president could fire him. They want the president to do these things so then they can turn around and do their Sunday shows and trash him. Look at this, a cover-up. Only a dictator does this. Not only that, he's not a white guy. He must be a racist. You know, this is, this is the stuff. Why doesn't the attorney general fire Bruce Orr? Why doesn't the Deputy Attorney General fire Bruce Orr? The Deputy De- Director of the FBI fired Peter Stroke. Why do they keep setting up the President of the United States this way? So his security clearance should be pulled, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Well, it depends how the President does it. You know, if he does it for political reasons, no, no, no. His security clearance should be pulled. Period. 
John, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Great pleasure to talk to you, Mark. First time. Love your TV show also. Just started watching it. Thank Um, you. I'll have to say here, there's really a two-class system when it comes to security clearances, and I will say from experience, having one for 40 years. And what happens here is these people are using this for their own self-benefit. You know, we hear, oh, it's so they can help the government. They're helping themselves. With one of these clearances, you can go out and you can lobby with it. You can work for contractors. It's very Well, let's slow down. So you can work for a federal contractor. Isn't that really what we're talking about? Yes, it's a federal contractor. Mm -hmm. And what happens here is the policy is, and we hear the policies not being followed in all forms of government, is within 90 days of employee of employment termination, the clearance is not revoked, but it goes inactive. And you can only reactivate it through actually getting a contract, working for another contractor. So so these people's clearances, the whole idea to get to keep them, it goes against all the policy. Uh, I would lose mine within 90 days. You know, so it's who you know. It's well, I, I also had a security clearance. The highest security clearance when I was chief of staff to the attorney general. I had no expectation when I left government that that clearance would come with me. None. And it's very dangerous to let too many loose cannons running around with clearances. You know, the whole idea in terms of good security is it's need to know. And do these people have need to know? Where's their need to know? That's what I want to know. You're the second gentleman who's called here. Another gentleman yesterday who had a security clearance said the test is need to know. And that's all. It, that's the basic. Uh, that is the the foundation of the whole clearance system. But do you like the and way he, they twist it by saying, "No, no, no, you don't understand." The intelligence services need their advice, so that's why they have a security clearance. No, they're monetizing their security clearance, as you just pointed out. Just like a lobbyist, and you know, Trump is saying, "Let's put a stop to this." And Trump doesn't have to be the one to do it you know it should be the omb the governing agency that issues and can revoke the clearance i would love to know why the department of justice will not revoke bruce orr's security clearance yeah and you know i have to say this is maybe a joke but not a joke hillary probably still has her clearance (laughs) yeah probably so (laughs) all right my friend thank you for your service and your call let's continue joe delray beach florida on the mark levin app go Hey, Mark. Uh, great show. Thank I enjoyed you. your television show the other night with the 100-year marathon. That was a very interesting interview. Thank you. But the, the, you're welcome. The previous caller just uh, hit what I was going to talk about also, that uh, they needed for the lucrative defense contractors like Comey went to work for Lockheed Martin and Mueller. As and, by, and by the way, made millions. Made $6.1 million in his last year. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, Bob Mueller steered a contract to Lockheed while Comey, his buddy, was there. And uh, uh, IBM protested. I guess IBM was another bidder on it. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Unfortunately, hard break. Stay with us. I'll be right back. the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, summer's almost gone. 
but not the sunspots, the brown spots, and UV damage to your face, neck, and shoulders. Introducing Genesel's brand new sunspot corrector and the 10-day-only summer repair sale. Roseanne from Akron, Ohio, says, In just days, I saw a lightning of dark spots on my cheeks. I'm ordering more right now. And just like Roseanne, if you click or call right now, you'll get the Genesel sunspot corrector absolutely free just for trying Genesel for bags and puffiness today. Finally, see those stubborn sunspots vanish, even the ones you'd had for years. And those bags of puffiness, poof, gone. For results in less than 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also free. Go to Genesel.com now or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. While supplies last, Chaminade's microdermabrasion is also yours free for the first time this year. So keep the great memories from the summer fun, not the wrinkles, inflammation, and sunspots. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com, Genesel.com or 800-SKIN-604. Okay, let's see here. Danny, San Antonio, Texas, Sirius Satellite, go! Yes, sir, there are a lot of conservative voices, but none that I respect uh, for their intellect like you. Uh, it's a real honor to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Hey, hey, hey when, you, when you're the maintenance man and you retire, you don't get to keep the master key to the building. You're not entitled to that. When you're the mm-hmm. bank manager and you retire, you're not entitled to keep the combination to the vault. So I, I don't really understand why uh, the media is going insane about the president taking this guy's so-called entitlement. He, he has no need for that information anymore. In fact, I would argue if there's anyone in the Central Intelligence Agency that's given this guy classified information, they're breaking the law because you have to have the clearance plus a need to know. He has no need. That's well said. Let, let's walk through this. What happened to Stormy Daniels, sir? Where is she? Is she on TV anymore? No. What happened to uh, Amarosa? She's a she's barely an echo in the distant in the distance. She's not on TV much anymore either. What happened to all these issues that were supposed to take Trump down and supposed to diminish him and so forth? It's a new one almost every other week, isn't it, sir? Yes, sir. And so now he yanks the security clearance from a guy who's obviously in my view, unbalanced. Which raises the question, how the hell did this guy get and keep a security clearance in the first place? He's unbalanced. He's the former director of the FBI. Excuse me, of the CIA. And you wouldn't know it. You'd think he's the former head of the DNC. He's one of the most outrageous political hacks, hardcore leftists to ever be CIA director, and that's what attracted him to Obama. President of the United States is just correcting this. He is a private citizen. He has no right to government anything. And let's be honest about this. You've got these former intelligence officers. This is what causes them to write a letter of protest. Not the unmasking. Not the abuse of the FISA court. Not the use of the Russians in a, in a, uh, uh, a dossier. Not, not Brennan. Uh, uh, and his CIA spying on the Senate Intelligence Committee, not shutting down uh, the brave men who survived Benghazi and fought off al-Qaeda, 
No, none of that moves any of these intelligence officers, former intelligence officers or officials, to write a letter. This does. And many of them feed from the same public trough or have that Brennan's feeding from. And they want to create this, uh, this, this, this aura of their, that they're still involved, that they still have their clearances and so forth and so on. But it is not a right. It's a privilege, as I've said over and over again, regardless of what the ACLU says. There's no constitutional violation here. And so big deal. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Big deal. Who cares if they're upset or not? All right. Will, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, the great WZFG, go. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate your show. You do bring something important to uh, conservatives. And uh, the issue that I can By the way, do you know who Joe Walsh is? Joe Walsh, I do not. Yeah, that's what I thought. Go right ahead, sir. Okay. The issue that That's not your fault, by the way. You're a lucky man. Go ahead. Uh, In my uh, career in the military, I was the uh, – I worked intelligence. I had Mm -hmm. the highest clearance you can have. And Mm -hmm. I can either talk to how you can get a clearance and keep that clearance after you get out of military service or service to the government. Um, And and that is very quickly. If you are employed by somebody that requires that clearance – in a you know in a, a defense contractor or some other position, that's the only way you can get it. So it has to be a one-for-one transfer. And very, they don't have defense contractors do not have that high clearance in most cases. And, but the the real issue that I wanted to talk about was on the Hillary email deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing and the investigation was not done properly. uh, It was never looked at as far as a damage assessment, which is supposed to be done anytime there's a uh, um, that uh, classified information is revealed. Mm -hmm. And what would have happened had that been done? They could have looked to see how that information got on our server. Well, they 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 claim they did, and they claim that the Russians did in fact get some classified information. No, but I can guarantee you that they never they've never held. A single person accountable that for putting that information. No, no, that's on. true. We know that. In fact, they were immunizing them left and right. And, sir, uh, did these same 12 intelligence officials and officers, did they sign a letter of protest against what Hillary did to our uh, classified information? No. No. So, so what morally moved these people was the fact that Donald Trump yanked Brennan's security clearance. Not that Brennan yanked the security clearance of the men who fought at Benghazi and required them to keep their mouths shut, they weren't worried about their First Amendment right. They weren't worried about the abuse of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. No, no, they didn't write a letter about that. They didn't write a letter about McCabe and Comey and, and Stroke and their activities relative to counterintelligence and so No, no, no letters there. Or the unmasking, the record amount of unmasking in the Obama administration. They didn't write a letter about that. They didn't write a letter about how Lieutenant General Mike Flynn was set up by Mr. Stroke, among others. No letter about that. Not nothing. And yet here they wrote a letter. What do you make of that? Do we care that they wrote a letter, sir? It is the uh, uh, total um, revealing of the corruption within a very small group within mm-hmm. the government. 
and it is career officials. Brennan should never have been in the position that I don't think that if if they had taken a solid look at it, that there is no way that he could have gotten a clearance above a confidential, let alone mm-hmm. something that that where he's dealing in actual intelligence. But you know, uh, I know that for a fact because you served, you worked in intelligence. Let me let me let me just say this. He voted for Gus Hall in 76 and maybe also 80. And the argument, well, he was 18. May I ask you a question, sir? Yes, you can. When you're 18 years old, these ballplayers and others who put things up on their social sites when they were 16, 17, and 18 and then go into these these indoctrination or re-indoctrination camps told they should never have done that before, do they have a defense when they say, hey, I was only 18? No. Well, uh, you have 18-year-olds in our military today in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, one hellhole after the other. And this guy votes for a Stalinist, Gus Hall, funded by the Soviets, Communist Party USA. No, no, you're not supposed to, supposed to hold them to account. I don't know. How old are you, sir? I am uh, 69. All right, I'm 61. Now, when I served in the government in the Reagan administration... It would have been relevant to know that I voted for a communist. Wouldn't it have been relevant for you? They look, you know, to get a clearance, they look that you get an SBI for, a, you know, for anything above a secret. And an SBI reveals everything. They go back to teachers. They go back to uh, your associations. They, they hit every uh, um, lawn. They go to landlords, the Cub Scout leaders. They go everywhere. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It is unbelievable the people that uh, you find out uh, have been talked to about um, your military service or your government service. If mm-hmm. you get an FBI uh, or a background investigation, they are going deep because they have to know that they can trust what you're going to say and what you're going to do. And what if you were the head of an agency, the CIA, that actually spied on the Senate Intelligence Committee and its staffers? Wouldn't, wouldn't the buck stop at his desk? Shouldn't he have been fired on the spot? <laughs> I'm afraid that the buck should actually go a little bit higher than that. Yeah, well, Obama was never going to resign. All right, my friend, thank you for your service. I shall return. Mark Lovin. freedom now how do i know that because you listen to this show that's how i know my show and everything i do is all about preserving individual freedom in the form of government that secures for all of us it's the same with hillsdale college one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation that's why i talk about them all the time because hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty They teach their stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science, music, economics, business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them to defend liberty. And they can do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 3.8 million Americans receive it for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale 
to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go right now to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Also, don't forget, Sunday night, 10 p.m., always Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I know you're liking the format. I know you're liking the show. There's nothing like it on TV, radio, digital, nothing. One of the reasons is I'm the host. But I've brought back this format that used to be very common 20, 30, 40 years ago. With liberal hosts, David Suskind types, conservatives, William F. Buckley. I'm not saying I'm William F. Buckley. That's not my point. We are who we are. But it is a, a format in which compelling people with compelling messages, whether they're philosophers and intellectuals, small businessmen, commentators of all kinds, whomever they are, fascinating people who contribute to society or might contribute to society. And I bring them on the program. We've had, I think, 25 programs so far. 25, it seems like we've had a handful. We've had everybody from a prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, to a small businessman, Rick Harrison, to really super intellectuals, uh, David Berlinski, among others, and uh, topics that are crucially important, especially China, but many others, the Constitution always. We're going to do the same this Sunday. I hope you'll join us. It's not a predictable Sunday news show where they bring on the guests, they ask them 12 questions, 12 questions that any fifth grader can ask, get answers that they want or press for answers that they want with leading questions. Oh, I'm so sick of all that. And I'm sick of the conga line of guests, pretty much. So if you want to think about things, if you want to be interested in something, you want something compelling without a lot of yelling, without a lot of noise, without a lot of pots and pans, a lot of intrigue, but just sit and listen and wonder. Sunday night is your night. You wrap up the weekend, you begin the week, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're going to have a wonderful show this Sunday. How do we save the republic? Is there a method in the Constitution that provides for it? The answer is yes. Well, what is that method? What does it mean? Is it really possible? These are dire times. What can I, a citizen, whether I be a Uber driver, a taxi driver, a truck driver, whether I be a janitor, whether I be a billionaire or a millionaire, what to do? Ian, Columbia, South Carolina. On uh, the great WBOC, go. Hey, Denali, glad to talk to you tonight. Thank you. Um, I wanted to let you know how TSSCI is working the real world when you do something you're not supposed to. As an E3 stationed in Japan in 1993, after an exercise, me and a few NCOs and some other airmen went out to a bar, and we ended up having a few drinks with some Russian fighter pilots in town for an air show. Twelve hours later, we were standing in front of our commander with our skiff badges in her hand, and had our clearances suspended until uh, the investigation was done. After four days, we were called into the commander's office of Fifth Air Force 
three-star general. He chewed us out one side of another right before we signed letters of counseling. I learned right then and there, if you have a TSSCI from the United States government, a halo should be above your head. And I can't imagine how in the world anybody who knows Christopher Steele still has clearance. Mm-hmm. It's a sickening. It's a double standard. Young, young enlisted men like I was, we get, we get reamed, we get in trouble. Heck, we go to jail. Well, it's, These it's, guys it's, get $6 million a year. Yeah, it's amazing. And it, it's the same thing with the Hillary violations of the Espionage Act and the, uh, and the abuse of her, her position and the setting up of a private server, making access to classified information relatively simple. You do that, you, if you're working in the military, you're going to wind up in the brig. In the, in the brig, you're going to be in Leavenworth making little rocks out of big rocks. When I yes. when I saw what Hillary Clinton did, it, it, it literally turned my stomach, and I've been sick about it for, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. And, and I just can't imagine how anyone, anyone who's a citizen of the United States can get away with this type of thing. Well, they do, left and right. They're called liberal Democrats, my friend. But the last thing I want to say is to your audience, let's hold these people accountable the same way we hold the men and women who are on the front lines defending this country, because if we do not, their services is, is just in But, but how, how can we, when we have uh, mental midgets like guys Joe Walsh or uh, Bob Corker or others who spend their entire time uh, trying to undermine the office of the presidency and the man who serves there right now, distracting as many people as they possibly can from the problems we have. Well, programs such as yours and a few other ones are making us focus like laser beams on what the problem is. And the more these guys get exposed for who and what they are, the sooner we'll get this taken care of. It's the people who hide under the radar who pretend to be one thing and say and say another that have got us in this mess that we are now. And I really appreciate your service to our country, both in the Reagan administration, but more importantly, what you're doing now. Your books, your radio show, you're setting the foundation for the next 40 Wait a minute, I thought years. I was a sellout. What's that? I thought I was a sellout. No, sir, you're the Denali. Nobody sells out. <laughs> no, uh-uh. You know Listen, I mean? man, you're, you're, you're overly generous, and thank you very, very much for your service. I know the Chihuahuas out there can't control themselves. Thank you, Ian, very, very much. Thank you all who have served this country in uniform or in a clandestine way. We thank you all. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, I want to have a heart-to-heart with all of you, my brothers and sisters out there. Those of us who share so many values and principles and who love this country and think America is great, we are going to get slaughtered in the November election if we don't turn out in big numbers. Do not believe all the Pollyannas out there. The left is crazed. The media and the Democrat Party have done everything they can and will continue to do so to create hate, 
to argue racism and bigotry to try and turn out the Democrat base. The Democrat base is a collection of constituency groups. More and more based on race and ethnicity. And they are serious. And they have billionaires behind them. They have the media behind them. They have Hollywood behind them. They have day in and day out indoctrination in our schools behind them. The Republican Party really is an impotent entity in so many respects. Whereas the Democrats march in order. March in order. Oh, Mark, they're fighting between the moderates and the socialists. I said they march in order. And they do in the end. And it is an odd debate between the moderates and the socialists and the Democrat Party. There are no serious moderates leading the Democrat Party. It's like an argument between the Stalinists and the Leninists. But the Republican Party, you have people like Corker and Sass and Flake. You have columnists like George Will and others. They, they don't care if the Democrats win. In fact, some of them are encouraging it. So the Republican ranks are divided and self-defeating in many respects. The Democrat ranks are tight enough. They will hold enough where they're going to turn out for a variety of reasons, and they're going to turn out in big numbers. You really have to ignore facts to believe otherwise. I'm a resident of Virginia. We got slaughtered in the governor's race. We got slaughtered in the assembly. We got slaughtered in the state senate. On an half-year election last year. People said, oh, well, everybody expected the Democrat governor to win. No, they didn't. When you look at this 12th congressional district in Ohio, and you start looking at these numbers... There are far more Republicans in that district than Democrats. 87% of the Democrats turned out. Almost 9 out of 10. 40% of the Republicans turned out. You can't win elections like that. You can't win elections like that. And if you don't turn out, and if you don't vote, the firewall that is the House of Representatives will collapse completely. It's conceivable. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not making predictions. That's not my point here. It is conceivable that the Democrats could win 65 to 70 seats in the House of Representatives and have a significant majority in the House where nothing could stop them. And if it gets really, really big, it's possible they could have a slim majority in the United States Senate. Do you know what will happen to this country if that occurs? The Joe Walsh's of the world, the Nicole Wallace's of the world, the Steve Schmidt's of the world, all frauds, phony sellouts, they won't care. The Ben Sasses of the world, the Jeff Flakes of the world, the Bob Corkers of the world, they won't care. They pretend they're conservatives. They're nothing. They've done nothing. 
I want you to think of two years of that. Of endless subpoenas, endless investigations of the president, his family, his staff. While at the same time, complete stonewalling and obstruction of investigations that have been taking place to uncover the greatest scandal in American history, the greatest electoral scandal in American history, involving the senior levels of the FBI, which have now been wiped out, and senior levels of intelligence agencies. I want you to think about this. It's not enough to be an observer. It's not enough. You are going, you know, as big as my audience is, it isn't big enough to turn this around. So, Word of mouth is a big deal. You have to be your precinct worker. You have to say, you know what? I'm in charge of my family, my extended family, my coworkers, and my friends. I'm the guy who's going to get the vote out in the neighborhood. And you're really going to have to plan for this. You can't wait for the Republican Party to knock on your door. They're not going to knock on your door. And it's our country. You have people on the left who are demanding that we impose socialism in this country. You have people on the left who are saying America was never great. You have people on the left who want to appoint people to the Supreme Court and the other courts who will eviscerate the Constitution. You have people on the left who are nullifying our immigration laws and who want open borders. You have people on the left who've already tried to eviscerate our military and with China rising and Russia rising, Iran and North Korea. We can't afford to lose this election. We can't afford it. And we have men and women in our own country who are relying on us. Our police officers, they can't handle another governmental, federal governmental attack on local law enforcement. How much can they take? Our men and women in uniform, how many more times are they going to be stabbed in the back by the left? Our enemies are cheering for the Democrats. Our enemies are cheering for the Democrats. All this talk about Helsinki and the press conference, they want Trump to fail. They don't want him to have Republicans in the House and the Senate. They love Chuck Schumer. They love Kamala Harris. They love Elizabeth Warren. They love Bernie Sanders. They love the surrender crowd. They love Pelosi and Hoyer and all the other freaks in the House of Representatives. And they love our media. Oh, they love our media. Pravda, Russia TV, Chinese state media. They're jealous of the American media. Day in and day out trashing our president. Day in and day out trashing his policies. Trying to get him indicted. Trying to get him impeached. Hell, Xi Jinping loves it. Putin loves it. The Islamo-Nazi in Tehran loves it. The inbred in North Korea, they love it. They all love it. That's why I laugh. Twelve intelligence officers upset that the Brennan... Security clearance was pulled, really. Brennan with his big mouth giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Well, how dare you? He served six presidents. Who cares? Certainly not serving this one. I am just shooting up the warning flares, okay? I know. 
that you want to hear only positive stuff. I know that's the way most of these hosts do it. I am telling you, there's cause for alarm and concern. And it's always better to fight like you're behind anyway. I don't care if it's politics, sports, or military operation. We are behind. And because we've won special elections in Republican districts, that's not good enough. We've won them by the skin of our teeth in most cases. And no, I don't blame the President of the United States. I blame us. Turn out and vote. How hard can it be? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, you've been uh, reading these stories, I assume, Um, that Jews are starting to flee Paris and France and leave the country altogether. Same thing apparently is happening in London. Mark Lewis, a famed libel and privacy lawyer, writes CNN, is leaving Britain. Worn down by years of anti-Semitic abuse and death threats, he's decided enough is enough. The 53-year-old plans to begin a new life in Israel with his partner, Mandy Blumenthal, by year's end. Both were born and raised in England. Both are ready to leave. He says, I just want to get out of here. It's a massive thing to do, but I've actually had enough. People might dislike me in Israel because of my political views, might think I'm too right-wing or left-wing or whatever, but they're not going to dislike me for being Jewish. Now, there's no getting around this, and I'm going to speak the truth. There's always been some level of anti-Semitism in Europe. I mean, we did get the Third Reich, but that's not my focus. It's the refugees. It is the political environment now. The demographics have changed. These countries are flooded with Arabs and Muslims. And no, not all Arabs and Muslims are anti-Semitic. I know I have to say that because there are people out to destroy me in this program, but we all know that. But what's happening is there are enough. And when they come into these countries and they don't assimilate into these countries, you have a problem. And more and more politicians kowtow to it. In Britain, the head of the Labour Party, Corbyn, is a uh, flat-out anti-Semite, anti-Israel. He's a racist, if you will, in that context. And so, um, and he's of the hard left. Now, when you look in our own country, I'm sorry, one of the least reported stories on cable, on the networks, even in conservative radio, is what's going on in many of our college campuses. Many students coming in from overseas. Over 300,000 here a year from China. Fine. Not really, but you understand. But tens of thousands coming from the Middle East, coming from Arab and Muslim countries as well. That, in combination with the hard left, is creating, in some cases, on some college campuses... A huge issue. 
which has been swept under the rug and largely kept quiet. Because our free press doesn't want to get into it. And if they're citizens or naturalized or otherwise, they tend to find a home in the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party more and more is moving in this direction. There's a candidate running in Minnesota. Some people say she's married to her brother. I don't know what the hell she's married to. It doesn't, whatever. Um, and uh, she uh, opposes uh, the effort to defund insurance and other devices and so forth for terrorists overseas. It's pretty incredible. It's happening. You can see it happening. And it's not discussed except behind this microphone by me. The head of the Anti-Defamation League, which used to be a relatively good organization, they voted, the board there, appoint an Obama staffer. And he's a leftist, a Democrat. And it's obvious from the way he's handled the Anti-Defamation League. You see, they devour all these institutions, don't they? Now, our free press will not take the time to really dig into the free speech problems on our college campuses. You saw Chris Cuomo, in the past Don Lemon, among many others on CNN and MSNBC and their, uh, and their colleagues, claim to support the free press and be the free press, give aid and comfort to Antifa by either underreporting what they do or excusing what they do or giving caveats for what they do. They are a violent Marxist organization, much like the organizations in the 1960s and 70s. Many of their marchers are armed. They're trained to beat other people who they, whom with they disagree, with whom they disagree, and to attack the cops. But we have propagandists who claim to be free press who pretty much defend them. Oh, now and then they'll drop a footnote. Look, we don't support violence. But if it's against hate, but if it's against... But, but, but. And this is a big problem. It's a big problem. So as, circle back, as the, as the number of Jews in these various European countries, like Britain, I think, has around 300,000, that sort of thing. Uh, as they're outnumbered by refugees coming from these other parts of the world, they have less political clout. They have less political clout. And I think it's only a matter of time when that happens in this country. And you have front organizations to Hamas and other such organizations like CARE, which are given television time and they claim to be the largest Muslim civil rights organization in America. Who says? They say. Oh, well, then it must be true. And so this is a growing issue. Now, the vast majority of you listening to my show... 
you're not Jewish. Some are, obviously. But the vast majority of you are not. But you are patriots. You believe in individual liberty. You reject tyranny. And you support principles and beliefs and traditions and customs in individuals who share those principles, regardless of their background and religion and so forth. That's why you're so special. That's why I am blessed. Here I sit behind a microphone talking to any week, maybe 20 million people. I wouldn't be able to do this in any other part of the world. I know this to be the case. No other place on the face of the earth. In a majority Christian country. What a magnificent, great country this is. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You see, the same leftist forces operating in Europe are operating in the United States. The same media cheerleaders for leftist forces, same thing. Same thing. And if you don't throw in with them, you're a bigot. If you don't throw in with them, you're a xenophobe. You know the names, you're racist, and on and on and on. And yet with your own two eyes and your own noggin, you see and you understand, you comprehend what's taking place in a country. These other countries in our own country. And really, it's as if we have no power over this because the courts, the media, the Democrats, and some Republicans do not give a damn what the population has to say. Do not give a damn what the law is. That's why you have sanctuary cities. Sanctuary against what? Sanctuary against federal law. We have a Supreme Court that ruled 5-4, to four, Anthony Kennedy writing the opinion, that Arizona could not enforce federal law if the President of the United States didn't want them to. That was the essence of that decision when it comes to immigration. The President has plenary power, broad power. Well, apparently that's Obama, because when Trump comes into office, he doesn't have plenary power. We have cities and states nullifying federal immigration law, ignoring the President of the United States. Suddenly the Department of Justice can't withhold federal funds if they ignore federal law. In other words, the rules are used against us, and the Constitution is undermined. But for them, they set the rules. They set the rules. And then it's all wrapped in compassion and equality. It's appalling is what it is. Here we go again. This time, turns out that an identity protection company, which you've heard of, trust me, hasn't been so careful in protecting the email addresses of their customers, and many were actually compromised. That's a pretty bad irony, don't you think? Look, important. The only identity company that I trust to protect my family and me is my ID care. You must take this seriously. If you have credit cards, do online banking, or even just use email, you are vulnerable. I don't worry because I switched my identity protection to the guys who have been protecting Fortune 500 companies for years. My ID Care. You can get their stellar protection too. 
at myidcare.com slash mark. And you'll also get 15% off. Just enter promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. I am proud to partner with MyIDCare. They take great care of their customers and our data. They are number one. They cover us for the nine types of identity theft. And for less than 10 bucks a month, MyIDCare can even help you if you're already a victim. Learn more and then let MyIDCare care for you. MyIDCare.com slash mark, promo code mark. MyIDCare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Get the 15% discount by doing just that. Dave, Keyport, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark, uh, the shock jock. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, I was just talking to your uh, screener. I was in London in 2008, and I was shocked by when I would turn on the nightly news that like 600 500, 600 year old Christian churches were being vandalized by Muslims, and they were spray painting on the churches. This is our city now. How do you know they were Muslims? Because, well, that's what the news said. Oh. Oh, the news said they were Muslims. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, sir. Appreciate your call. Ah, wonderful. Dr. Michael Pillsbury, who I had on my Sunday show a little while back in his great book on China. I see Tucker Carlson now has him on Fox. That's good. It's important that uh, Dr. Pillsbury get out there because this China issue is a very, very big deal. And I want to congratulate Brett Baer and his people. He led with it on his show, the great threat that China uh, is posing. The Pentagon put out a report that almost nobody read except we did on the air here. It's very, very important that the free press actually start to focus on news that's uh, crucial to this nation. Uh, But it's good to see Dr. Pillsbury on Fox. Let me just say that. All right. Perfect. The computer screen just uh, bonked. Oh, here we go. Let us go to David. Lady Lake, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Uh, Thank you, Professor. I would like to raise um, a point that I believe the press and many in the uh, intelligence community are acting like spoiled children because knowledge is power. And with President Trump actually doing things to stop them uh, from um, knowing everything that's going on. I mean, it was amazing when he took first took office, he could talk on the phone and the presses were already running with his conversation. And I I never remember a president talking on a phone with a foreign leader and that information getting out to the media. How the hell did that happen? Um, I think there were too many people with uh, clearances that they shouldn't have had. I mean, transcripts. Exactly. And he talks with uh, Putin and, you know... (laughs) They're crying and crying and crying because they didn't know what he was saying in the room. And, you know, it just leaves the press in a point where they may have to do some work for a change instead of having everything said to them. Well, let me ask you a question. When, uh, when Obama met with world leaders privately, what was he saying in the room? Um, only when the microphone was left on did we know. Exactly. All right, sir, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Ken, Watertown, Tennessee, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Yes, sir. I appreciate you taking my call and all you all you do. Hey, let me t- let me tell you what I'm doing out here in Tennessee. I've got a list of these 13 guys 
uh, Gates, Webster, Tennant, Goss, Hayden, Panetta, Petraeus. All you have to do is a simple Google search with the with the word uh, Robert Gates, comma consultant, William Webster, comma consultant, and you will be asso- I will associate those names with law firms in Washington D.C. But we know they're not law firms; they're they're lobbyists. So what these guys are doing is they're keeping their security clearance. And when a when a when a client comes to their law firm, oftentimes the clients are nation states. Say there's a, an African nation that wants Bradley fighting vehicles. Let's say. Well, they call this law firm up, and these guys call their buddies in the State Department. They call their buddies in the CIA, and the next thing you know, they call their buddies over there in the uh, in the Congress. And all of a sudden, all this this money and equipment flows to that country, and they skim off about twenty five percent of it. And it's very easy to find. And I'll encourage your listeners to go to every one of these names of these people. And I'll tell you another thing that's interesting to me. You know Chertoff. You know that name, don't you? Michael Chertoff was U.S. attorney. My- was also the head of DHS for a while. Yes, sir. Michael Chertoff has a has an organization with a lot of these guys in his organization. You cannot pull Chertoff's organization up um, with with a normal Google search. Now you could do that a month or so ago. You cannot do that now. And I'm not sure if that's a, 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 a IT thing or they did that purposefully. But every one of these rats is a lobbyist, and they make a ton of money, and this is why they're mad about their uh, Well, let me ask you a question, sir. Why are they so uh, focused on Sean Hannity's real estate investments, which apparently are all perfectly legitimate and fine through through some company that he does them with, and uh, but they're not interested in the least in any of these former government officials at the CIA and so forth who are signing letters about security clearances and many of them monetizing it. How come they have no interest in that whatsoever? Well, to be honest with you, sir, I, I don't know a thing about Sean Hannity and his real estate. No, 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 that's I, not I, my I, point. I didn't ask you about that. I said, how yeah. come the... Follow me. How come the media are interested in that and not the other? Oh, that's 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 a totally different question. That That's a simple yeah, exactly. answer to that because they're on the other team. They... They obfuscate, and the most important thing that you have to understand about what the media is doing, it, it is not the stories that they produce and the abilities of guys like me out, out in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, able to shoot through their BS. It's the stories that they spike. It's the yep. stories that you never hear about that a guy like me can't go, well, hey, that doesn't make sense. Let me just Google this up, because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I said, hey. This thing doesn't make I, – I used to fly airplanes in the Air Force. I had a top-secret clearance. I was a reconnaissance pilot. I know about this stuff. So when I saw this uh, this thing about these uh, uh, security clearances, I said, this doesn't make sense. So I sat down and grabbed myself an adult beverage, and I got on Google, and in about five minutes I go, okay, okay, I'm following this, the money. This I, really is a perk, isn't it? Huh? It's a perk, P-E-R-K. It's a perk that these guys have had for all these years, and now they've been found out. Let me let me tell you another thing, uh, Mr. Levin. It is not particular to the Democratic Party. It is the swamp. There is, there is only one party in Washington, D.C., and that is the incumbent party. No, and I don't agree with that. Th- I don't agree with that. Let me tell you. There's one party that wants to impeach this president. And while they agree way too much on way too much, 
Um, if we take that attitude, we'll be sitting on our butts while we get our clocks clean and they impeach this president. So I'm not prepared to say that. If you are saying, look, these people on this list, a lot of them are Republicans doing exactly the same thing. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I think you're right. I think you have to go out and you have to vote to support this president. There is no doubt about it. And you need to support the people uh, that are running that are going to support him. But uh, this is not uh, the, the people that are there see the money and they see the power. And look, it, the it, left, the left is hardcore radical progressive and pretty much the Republican Party is progressive, too. It's a softer progressivism, but that's the brainchild of the Republican Party progressivism. Thank you for your call, my friend. What do you want, Mr. Producer? Say it loudly in my ear. All right. Would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for a government-run health care system? How about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of Obamacare? Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? Would you join an organization like that? Hell no. Then don't join the AARP. Join AMAC, the Conservative Alternative. AMAC offers an alternative to just about every benefit and discount that AARP offers. As a matter of fact, AMAC's benefits and discounts are terrific. But without all the liberal claptrap and agenda, become an AMAC member right now at AMAC.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that fights for your values, like protecting our borders, like uh, supporting small business, like standing up for your individual God-given freedoms? Well, AMAC is the way to go. There's a ton of work to be done, and AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight be- by becoming a member today. And simultaneously, you will be- have access to these terrific discounts and benefits. I'm a member of AMAC, and I want to strongly encourage you to do the same thing. And here's what you do. Join right now. AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C.us. Okay? You want- really want to join as soon as possible because AMAC is better Better for you and better for America. Mark Lovin. Over at the Daily Wire, a new poll released, I guess it was two days ago, from Rasmutin. Uh, reveals that President Trump's approval rating in the black community is exploding, almost doubling from a year ago. The poll showed that nationally the president's job approval rating is split with 49% approving, 49% disapproving. When it came to how black voters felt about Trump, Rasmussen found a surprising 36% approved of Trump's job performance, even as mainstream news outlets have ratcheted up racially charged coverage of the president. This is the point I've been making. The president has been making inroads into the black community. The president's economic policies have assisted almost all Americans, including, if not especially, minorities. With the government data that comes out from the bureaucrats, that we have the lowest level of unemployment among blacks in recorded history, the lowest level of unemployment in recorded history among African Americans. Obama didn't pull that off. Clinton didn't pull that off. Trump did. Is he not to get credit for that? No, we're supposed to give it to Obama. All right, give it a break. And this is one of the reasons why 
the media, and particularly people the media choose to bring on, like Dyson and, and Reed and others, are constantly accusing this president of being a racist because they want to turn out the Democrat base, which is, again, it's, it's a, 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 an aggregate of various communities and groups, uh, and uh, tamp down any interest that anybody might have in those communities to leave the Democrats and vote for a Republican, and eventually Trump. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like every Friday, America in honor of you.
week is officially over. The weekend begins right now. Don't forget, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the Border Patrol on ice. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Get Hezbollah. Get Al-Qaeda. Get ISIS. Get the Taliban. Get all the Islamo. You know who. Have a great weekend. See you Monday.